So we are in the middle of our series, I'm Relational. That's right. And the goal of this is we want to be relationally well. So if you remember, the de- oh, right here, definition of relational is concerning the way in which two people or, or two or more people yeah. are or things are connected. So right. even if we don't want to be connected, your nature was created to be connected, interconnected. Some of us like to say, you pick your lane, I have my lane, stay in your lane. But that's not how relationships, friendships, families work. They're interconnected. And so to be relationally well is to be connected in healthy relationships, to understand and to ask for what you need and to have awareness and compassion towards yourself and to others. So last week we talked about our relationship with ourselves, with others, and with God. And so we're really excited. Remember, how many enjoyed last week? A big picture and a small picture, right? Yeah. A lot of times we we just stay in that small picture without looking at the big picture. And uh, so I just love that we're connected. And I I never want to forget our online audience. Can we just clap for our online audience? We're so glad. That you're staying connected, and I encourage you, 11 o'clock is a great place to come on down, as well as to be, be relationally connected with one another. But put in the comments where you're watching from. we got Terry and this is a lot of family, Linda, the Benalis family, we've been praying for you, Lakeisha, Diana, Jeremiah, Nympha, Carolyn, Martha, Mary, and Susanna. And so we're glad you're watching online today. We're glad you're here today, and uh, we really want to just take our church through just a couple of weeks, and we're going to break for Easter, and then go right back into I'm relational because right. we we all deal with relationships and we we pastor lindsay and i we just have such a desire to say here's god's word and here's your relationships and here's where they work here's where they fit here's where you can have some success and so um yeah everyone has their are we everybody's doing paddles everybody's everyone's got, got the paddles everyone's right? got their paddles and uh i'll grab mine thank yeah. you and no uh raise your hand uh, uh if you came uh, if you why do i keep saying raise your hand you know, um <laughs> If you're, uh, put up your current mood right now. Put your current mood up Don't right lie. now. Don't lie, you're in right the house now. of the Lord, people. Oh, there's some liars you're in the house. You're a little bit like, that's okay, there's nothing there's wrong with that. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, great, <laughs> fantastic. No, all right, put it down. Uh, what else? Um, so we want to do some, uh, <laughs> I have, my mind just went 100 places. <laughs> I believe it. And so uh, do me a favor, we're going to do a quick survey uh, with the entire congregation. And the first one would be, what is your idea of a perfect evening? All right, a perfect evening. Is it, is it so we're going to first, we're going to start with one, if yeah. I do this correctly. Uh, going out on the town for a fun night. Going out on town. Going out on the town. And so you could say, if you don't like that, I don't like that. You're, you want to stay home and Netflix and chill, <laughs> or you want to go out. Where are we at? Okay. Look at that. Look at that. That is this is interesting. And I noticed the frowners, the frowners are sitting more back. They're yeah. in the back. I noticed that, huh? We got happy people in the front row. Okay. You, and so, all right, uh, what's another one? What if you want to stay home and watch a good show? You got there we a good go. Show meal, me that. A good show. You're staying home. Stay home, watch a good show. There we go. <laughs> stay home, watch a good show. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> No! Alright. All right. Uh, uh, how about this one? Um, um, raise your, uh, so happy or sad, right? Happy or sad. Alright. Um, rainy days. Oh, I like rainy days. Yeah. Rainy days. Yeah. You're a bunch of psychos. I'll tell you. <laughs> You're a bunch of psychos. I'll tell you what. Alright. Alright, what's another one? Uh, Are you a coffee drinker? Coffee, coffee oh, drinker. Coffee. Oh, no coffee. coffee. Okay. Coffee. Look at that. We got. We got most. Yeah, there's one. There's a tea drinker over here. Yeah. All right. All right. And so, uh, man, we're trying to think of a few more. Um, how about? Uh, my goodness. Let's do. Oh, wait, Chick Fil A. You're in and out. Chick Fil A. Oh, that's true, huh? Chick Fil A. Okay. Chick Fil A. You that. like Chick Fil A? Chick Fil A. 
Chick-fil-A. You can't compare them? Okay, in and out Do you like in and out In and out Okay. Okay. In and out That's fine. That sauce ain't that special. <laughs> that ain't that special. All right. All so, right. Well, there's uh, how about this? Uh, church on Sunday at Avenue Church. Yes. Hey. Okay, we got one more. We got one more. You're going to need these. Oh, well, last one. Okay. Yeah. Do you think conflict is good in a relationship? Conflict. Okay. 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 No, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, I love this because for many of us, with relational, uh, there's a relational misconception, and we're going to put this on the screen, yep. is that conflict in the relationship means the relationship isn't healthy. That's right. Um, I think sometimes there's a stigma in that, that if, if, if I'm fighting, if I'm arguing, this is not healthy. There's something wrong with us, and we're going to talk a little bit more about right. that, that yes, there are some, some things we need to be on the lookout for. Yes, there's some things, if, I mean, literally, if, if, if you're arguing, you know, as much in a dating relationship, marriage won't fix it. You know, right. uh, you know going steady won't fix it. Uh, moving in will make it a lot worse. Can I get an amen, everybody? Amen. Um, but there's some relational misconceptions with that. Even my son, Levi, and he's over here over, uh, watching us today, and even my son, Levi, he's 11, and uh, man, when we have a, when we have intense fellowship, yeah. is that what we call it? When, <laughs> when we, we have, disagree a little loud. Yeah, when we get, when we argue, you know, and just think about it: two communicators arguing at home—that's fun. Yeah. Same level, two same leaders level, right? Living in a house. In Jesus' name, you know. I, uh, <laughs> and um, when we, 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 when we argue, I mean, my son's literally his perspective is like, "Are you guys breaking up?" You know, like, <laughs> "Are you getting divorced?" You know, and we're like, "No, absolutely not." We're having a conflict, and we always want to make sure that he sees us most of the time, right, son? He, <laughs> he's got this, he's got this up. And, but uh, what we always try to do is we include him in our makeup. Sorry. We include him in our resolution uh, okay. of having conflict. That's conf- actually a great question. How many of you grew up and saw conflict resolution? Yes or no? You saw the fight, and you saw it, in. okay. I see a yeah. few smiles, lot, too, lot though. I like nose. that. Yeah, a lot of no's. Right? Okay. And so for many of us, conflict can be very healthy. Right. Um, I've even seen the most unhealthiest of relationships have zero conflict. Because mm-hmm. typically one is just going, sure, sure, sure. And the other one, and so I want to encourage you guys that increase the conflict can be healthy, increases our awareness. Right. It increases our awareness. Uh, look at the screen here. Increases our awareness of problems that exist and provides a reason for finding a better way forward. That's right. When conflict is valued, it encourages an environment where change is seen as positive. It's a way of making things better. Right. And so when we have conflict, it's like the five dysfunctions of a team. It is not, we have a conflict, I'm not attacking my wife, I'm gonna attack the problem. That's right. Now, the hard thing with uh, relational conflict is that there's emotions involved. Mm-hmm. That's where it gets tricky, friends. It's because yep. of the emotions, and it's on a personal level. So if you're driving down the street and someone cuts you off, right, and you're already in a great mood, that probably won't really bother you. You won't have personal conflict with that person. You're not frustrated. You, you let it go, you some of you. 
but I've driven with the laughter. <laughs> so anyways, but if you are at a, at a work, you're at your job, and this is a coworker who you know, and this coworker rubs you the wrong way multiple times, yeah. and now they do something at work, that's a different kind of conflict because there's a relational portion and an emotional portion of this conflict. Yeah. And so relationship, relationships, get co- or the conflict takes place on this emotional level. It can get messy because our feelings and our reactions yeah. take the spotlight instead of the issue. So there are no personal attachments, no problem. But if you have a personal attachment, there's a problem. So Mm -hmm. there is a good fight in the Bible that some of us may have looked over in scriptures. And it's a fight between two believers. In fact, one is a church leader, a long-term church leader, and the other is an upcoming church leader. The fight takes place between Peter and between Paul. And Galatians chapter two, I love this. I'm like, Peter, you should have had more books in the Bible, bro, because you could have aired out some stuff on Paul, but Paul got to write a lot of it, so he wrote about you. I remember years ago, Pastor Jeremy did a series called Stories. He's like, what you do may become a chapter in somebody else's story. That's right. And they have the freedom to write about it. So Paul took his freedom and wrote about this issue with Peter. Paul got him back. Paul got him back. So Galatians chapter two, verse nine, it says this. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as the pillars of the church. He's like, in case you didn't know, this is church leadership, guys. They recognized the gift of God that he had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. And so while Paul is saying co-workers, he's establishing that there's a relationship there. Paul is saying that these pillars of the church have looked at me, and they've approved me, and they see me as their co-worker. So he sees himself as a peer. So they went to Avenue and then they went to connect one day yes. as co-laborers, <laughs> yes. which is taking place today after service down the hallway to the right. See, that was a good, that was I did a good, good job. Shameless yeah. plug. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I've always been eager to do. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face yeah. for what he did was very wrong. And so if if pillars in the church can fight, friends, if they have conflict, right? We have to be confident that we're going to have conflict too. That's the reality. And if you want to know what Peter did, read your Bible. It's good stuff. Go and check it out. Peter was being prejudiced and Paul called him out on it and he called him out in front of everybody. Right. And you could see conflict in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. So I want to ask you a question because we threw up those paddles of of our upbringing. But I also want to ask you, if you grab your paddle real quick, I want to ask you today, how do you handle conflict? And this is a safe place, all right? And uh, keep the elbows to yourself, but how do you handle conflict? And for me, I, I saw somebody this morning and I said, well, tell me, your, tell me your mood. And she went, this is my mood today, you know? And, uh, you know, so how do you handle conflict in your marriages, in your mar- singular marriage, in your dating relationships, uh, man, in, with, with siblings, right. with parents, with uh, uh, your children as well? How do we handle conflict, do you handle it well? And you say, yeah, I did pretty good, but I would even dig deeper. If I was sitting across the table from you and you said, yeah, pretty well, then I would say, well, let's get the other person. Right. Let's, let's, let's all sit down together and see how we handle conflict. And so, uh, man, even what we want to do today is we want to give uh, four things, four, right. four things and four solutions. And so I want to talk about four red flags, all right? Four red flags. I encourage you, take notes, things like yeah. that. Online audience, start chatting it up. And, uh, but there's four ways that we sabotage 
resolving relational conflict. There's four red flags and there's four things that we do that sabotage finding that that, that compromise, finding that solution. And so the first one is my favorite. Come on, everybody. I'm going to say this too before I say it, is that if you see these red flags in your dating relationship, run. Yeah. Or, Or even hit the pause button. And just run. Yeah, or run, or hit the pause button and give them some space to grow more emotionally mature and learn how to handle conflict. Because, like you said, it does not get better in marriage, it will get amplified. But if you're married, I can't say that, right? (laughs) But if you're married, then I encourage you to hit pause. If you're married, if you're having conflict, you see these red flags. May I encourage you, we have to have some relational maturity today for us to not go. And you're saying hit pause on the conversation, learn some tips yes. and tricks, and then go yes. back to the conversation. Yes, yes, yes. And so I encourage you with that right. <laughs> to find pause. Yeah. Huh? To find so, pause. I got an apartment. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know. And so uh, if you see these in a dating relationship, run. If right. you see these in your marriage, change. Yep. Change. Allow the Holy Spirit to do this in your life. So there's four disastrous ways of interacting that will sabotage our friends. So the very first one is criticism, yeah. Yeah. where we criticize. We, we criticize the other person. And can I just even, um, yeah, I challenge you, I'm not challenged, but we, we can get really good at criticism. Yeah. We can get really good at you and you and you. And as we criticize, the criticism starts big. Right, you did something big, and I'm going to criticize that. But then it starts becoming the little things, right. the little tiny, small picture moments that we begin to criticize. See, criticize means rather than complaining about the actions. Isn't that funny though? Like, like I'd rather have you complain about the actions than to criticize the person, because if you criticize, uh, rather than complain about the actions, we begin to criticize the person. Mm-hmm. See, criticism is the expression of disapproval of someone or something based on perceived faults. Right. Or mistakes. And a lot of times with criticism is we're telling ourselves a rough draft that isn't correct about that person. And so we criticize or we want that person to be at such a standard. Or maybe there's an unspoken standard that you're saying, this is how we do things. But if they don't meet that standard, we begin to criticize them. Right. So the second one is contempt. Contempt. Contempt is the intention to insult and psychologically abuse the other person. Now, I know that sounds pretty rough, right? That sounds harsh. But if you grew up in a home where name-calling was okay, maybe as someone growing up in in the household, maybe your parents would call names or they'd be like, hey, stupid, did you unload the dishwasher? You know, different things like that. We can take that same name-calling into our dating relationships, our marriage relationships, our close friendships, and that's not okay. See, there should be a law against contempt. There really should be a law against contempt because it's aimed right at the heart of the person. Mm -hmm. Like it is literally, you've ever heard the term below the belt? Contempt wants to hit below the belt. Contempt is thinking, how is this going to hurt the other person? And when we don't know how to deal with conflict, the automatic human response, right? The flesh response is you cause me pain, I want to cause you pain. And so what ends up happening is it destabilizes the relationship and it causes pain. When contempt appears, it overwhelms the marriage, it overwhelms the friendship, the relationship, and it blots out all positive feelings that you may feel about your your spouse. It does that, think about that. Mm -hmm. Now you may think, I only call names every once in a while. But when we do something with contempt, when we try to hit below the belt on purpose, right? East side stab twist. When we try to do that with our words, 
Guys, that eliminates the wonderful things that you may have said a week before. It, it yeah. starts removing those. Yeah. And it really destabilizes the relationship. Yeah. See, I grew up with name calling and it wasn't like, it wasn't, I mean, no, no swearing, things like that. But it was like, you dummy, you know, idiot. And what that happens though is when you begin to do that and it becomes quick, you're devaluing that person. That's right. You're saying, not, you're, you're seeing more than just you, you're, you're, you're stupid or you're dumb or whatever it is, or you're devaluing that person and you're putting yourselves greater than that person. Right. Even the contempt, I think, wow, some of the examples would be like name calling or hostile humor or mockery. Right. And uh, I learned long ago um, that, and maybe we need to hear this today, right? Um, sarcasm is not a spiritual gift. I thought it was, you know. <laughs> and sarcasm is not a love language. <laughs> I thought it was. It's not a spiritual gift. I couldn't find it. No. In Hezekiah chapter 2, verse 12. <laughs> and, uh, and you'll get that later. Um, but just, man, we have to be careful with our words. I feel like in this culture and society, man, words just don't matter as much. Right. And we have to be really intentional in why we're saying it and what we're saying, because right. it can be really a red flag of contempt. Right. Well, because our words have the power of life and death. Yeah. That's what scripture teaches, that in the tongue, there's the power of life and yeah. death. And so if you find yourself either being the person who's doing the yeah. name calling, the, the sarcasm that is cruel, the, the mockery, try, pause on the tongue. Yep. Pause on the tongue. There'll be an opportunity to apologize. Yep. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But what, the third one, the third red flag is defensiveness. Defensiveness, hear me. Because both people feel victimized by the other and neither is willing to take responsibility for setting things right. So yeah. he's a victim, I'm a victim. We're constantly blaming. No one's taking responsibility for anything they yeah. said, nothing they've done. It's all your fault. Yeah, yeah. So nothing's being resolved. I'm sorry you did this. Yeah. Is that good? I'm sorry you felt I did that. <laughs> Uh, it just got real, huh? No one laughed. All right. <laughs> no, like I Lord. just had that conversation in the car on the way to church. <laughs> I forgive you for being, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then number four is stonewalling. Yeah. And stonewalling is, um, I think stonewalling can be kind of sneaky. Right. Because uh, stonewalling is you're feeling overwhelmed by emotions, but then you start withdrawing by presenting a stonewall uh, response. And sometimes we Christianize that and saying like, I'm taking a moment when really we take that moment with us into minutes and hours and right. weeks and days and weeks. Uh, here's the next slide. I want you to see this. Most stonewallers, most stonewallers, about 85% are men. Yeah. Stonewallers, 85% are men. Is this why you gave me this one to, to, talk, to talk about? Um, Possibly. But they're, because men oftentimes, and, and men and women understand, is they feel overwhelmed by the emotions, they start withdrawing, but then they try to keep their faces immobile, avoiding eye contact, uh, holding their necks rigid, uh, avoiding nodding their heads or making small sounds that would indicate they're listening. Stonewallers often claim they're trying not to make things worse, but they do not seem to realize that stonewalling itself is a very powerful act. It conveys disapproval, icy distance, and smugness. I feel like we're all getting convicted today, right? Ah, why, you know? Uh, because many times, that's kind of our immature response. Right. And we want to really punish the other person. Uh, a lot of times, I feel like stonewallers, they don't have the, the tools uh, to really fight verbally, and so they wall up. And I want to encourage us that to be relationally immature means relationally immature couples, they fight for personal victory. Right. I got to win this thing. I got to prove that I'm right. I got I to gotta make sure that I'm the one in, you know, whatever it is. But relationally, oh, I'm spitting on you. Come on, somebody. Ah, you know, 
Relation, we should be spread. No. Relationally well, re- <laughs> Relationally well couples. <laughs> they'll fight for resolution. That's right. Yeah, you got to think about like, are you fighting to win an argument or are you fighting to win a relationship? Yeah. And that could be with anything. And then I love what you said. Are you punishing someone? Yeah. Friends, that should be an internal red flag between us and our relationship with Jesus. Yeah. If I feel like it is my duty or mm-hmm. my privilege, responsibility, whatever you want to yeah. call it, to punish another individual, right? I understand correcting children and raising up families and, and holding accountability. Yes. But if our words are, whether we're stonewalling, if we're, if we're contempt or critical, defensive, yeah. if we're wanting to punish the person, then there's a lot of unresolved feelings yeah. in there that need to be sorted. So I encourage you, if you see a red flag pop up, and this friends, this is, this is marriage, this right. is dating, engaged, this is just a friend, friendships, right. your BFF, I encourage you, if you see a red flag, I will almost take a step back and say, we are mature enough to find a resolution. I'm mature enough to find a resolution. Remember, we, 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 want, we want to be spiritually mature, but you cannot be spiritually mature if we're emotionally immature. Right. And so we have to allow the Holy Spirit to do this. And friends, marriage does not fix uh, relationships. Marriage does not fix poor character. Right. If you're with somebody, you go, oh, well, well they're this way. And when, when they put a ring on it, this is going to change. This is going to happen. It's only Jesus Christ. Right. And there's nothing wrong with hitting the pause button. There's nothing wrong with creating healthy space for that person or for yourself right. to grow up in some of these areas. Right. And so how do we do relational conflict well, right. Pastor and Lindsay. We're going to learn about that. But I want you to take a deep breath and allow yourself some grace. Because yeah. remember, to be relationally well is to have compassion on others and on yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if we grew up in homes or we were in environments where this was not taught or shown by example, it was not modeled for you, yeah. friends, there's grace for that. Amen. And that's the beautiful thing about Christianity is that I could be 55 and learning something for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Or I could be brand new to the faith that I'm 18 years old. Or for the 11-year-olds that yeah. left the room who I thought were there, uh, the 11-year-olds, the 13-year-olds, think about how emotionally yeah. strong our children can be yeah. if they learn these tools. And hear me, there's nothing wrong with being a parent who at a time was unable to show them. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying, I am so sorry that I have been doing this not God's way. Yeah. Would you forgive me? And I would love to start as a family okay. doing something new. Because guys, that's redemption, right? Yeah, that's ma'am. that second chance. And so we don't just get these second chances in our life with salvation. We have to take that same grace that God has bestowed upon us, right. give it to ourselves, but then give it to others. So yeah. there's nothing wrong with coming together as a family or coming together as a husband and wife, even if you've been married for 30 years, and say, can we try something new? Mm-hmm. Can we have a reboot? And so yep. I think that's wonderful. So how do we do conflict well? Do not run from strife. Number right. one, don't run. Right. Some of us with conflict, if we were not taught how to handle it, whoo, we want to get out of the room. Yeah. We want to leave at the first sign of something not being perfect. Now, when we, when we were married, when we... We, we are married. We, we got engaged. When yeah. we got engaged, <laughs> we, we are, right? When we got engaged, I re- even remember in, yeah. in some of our um, dating... Uh, moments. Um, I remember when we were engaged. I remember when we, after we got married, moved into our first home. Yeah. Uh, I remember anytime we had a, a just a argument and it was nothing severe, it was nothing crazy, 
But in our argument, she would leave and she'd be like, I'm going. I'm like, where are you going? You know, and for me, I was, that was not my style. I wasn't used to that. And so, I mean, she would literally like go sit, what, where would you go? Like go sit in a car in the garage. Like I you never like walk. laugh, laugh, you know? Yeah, I just needed to get yeah, my own space. Yeah, I was because, going like, yeah. oh no, what have I, what yeah. have I done? Yeah, then I became an 11 year old immaturely. Like, am I getting divorced? You know, like <laughs> what's happening? And then over time though, she began to realize my style was, man, let's, let's get to a, I want to talk right. and, and I, I want to get to a, I want to fix this right away and friends that's not necessarily healthy either right. you know i just want to patch it up so we're good i don't right. like this icky feeling right. and then over time though it's funny because two two really do become one yes and so when two become one and we become equally yoked right that now we have a season where it's literally like we need five minutes yeah. you need five minutes all right i need i need five minutes now yeah. like i our need son, to get away our son will be like, why can't you handle it now because i'm thinking murderous thoughts son and i need to excuse myself <laughs> for a moment before i lose my stuff in this house yep. but I remember that because he grew up in a home that didn't do hard emotions yeah. if you had hard emotions go to your room figure it out come back we don't talk about it it goes under the rug yeah. I grew up in a home where hard emotions were everywhere we got to do what you know we, we, we said what we were thinking yeah. and we were very very expressive yes. and so but for me I always had my room to escape to so if we had a heated argument or something was said as a family yeah. I got to go be by my introverted self in my room well, when you get married, you share a room. So I'm like, well, where am I supposed to go? And so I needed that break to <laughs> get away door from open. Him. You ready? <laughs> Not yet. And so, I grew up, and I grew yeah. up Midwest nice. And so it was like, oh, sure, anything you want. You know, yeah. like, it's okay. How are you doing? Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, the house is on fire, you know. And so with that, and then I went to the east side. What's up? You know, um, yeah. I want to make sure that you don't run from strife. But if you are a runner, or a, I want to solve the problem right here, right now. We need to ask more questions about why do I do that? Why right. do I respond that way? Right. Uh, what's the second one? The second one is choose your battles carefully. That's right. Literally, I, I will always ask myself before I go to him with something, is this really worth fighting about? Mm-hmm. Is it? Is the dish in the sink really worth fighting about? Yeah. Is, it, is the trash? I mean, you got to think about it because hear me, friends, 90% of most of the conflicts aren't even worth battling it over. That's right. 90%, 90% aren't even worth it. They should be overlooked. Have you ever had those fights where it's like so heated and then you sit down and maybe you you bring a counselor in or a third party and they're like, okay, so where'd this start? And you're like, I don't remember. (laughs) Right. I don't know. Yeah. Because that's, that was a battle right. that probably had an underlining issue. But right. man, we, cannot, we have to choose our battles carefully. That's right. That's right. Now, that's we right. didn't fight until we had a child. That's right. Because we, we were on the same page in so many things. We, we both loved the Lord when we got married. We were both in full-time ministry. So yeah. our passions and our vision for life aligned. What didn't align was how you raise a child. That's right. I grew up in a small home. He grew up in a village <laughs> with a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, and so there were very, he everybody. grew up, babies cried out. Yeah. I grew up like, don't you love that baby? Why would you let yeah. that baby cry? And so those were our first fights in those early I years. I shouldn't work in the nursery, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to see this though. Choose your battles carefully yeah. because a lot of the battles, a lot of fights we have is because of our preferences. And yeah. so number two is, you can go ahead. All right, number two is, I want you to define the issue clearly. Number three. Define the issue clearly. A lot of times the issue is a secret right. or the issue is a personal upbringing. I always say like you grew up with just a, a sister, right? And, uh, and for me, I grew up in communism and my mom was a dictator. I mean, it was like, 
It, it, it was there a tight ship. There were a lot ship. of kids. I, I have, I have uh, 10 siblings, 10 stepbrothers and sisters, and it's just, it's nuts. It was nuts. So, and so, uh, but with that, we had to define the issues. And so with Levi, I remember us having like intense arguments yeah. over uh, preferences for him in the middle of the night. Don't you dare get him. I'm going to go get him. Right. Let him cry. Don't let him cry. I can't I mean, let him cry. It was, it was yeah. every little thing. <laughs> and, and I've had to learn along the way that, man, am I, is this, is this, is is this the hill to die on? Right. Is this right. the hill to die on? Is this what I need to? And with that, we begin to find those compromises, but you cannot find those compromises until you begin to define the issue. But remember, the issue is preferences on, on how he was going to sleep, our right. preferences on how we're going to raise this child. And that's why even a lot of premarital, we say, talk about children before you have children, right? Yeah. Talk about your preferences in that, right. because there's so many things we carry in and we go, no, no, no. Because for some reason, we can make compromises as a person, but there's, there's Somewhere, for some reason, we, can't, we, we have a hard time making compromises when it comes to my son right. or my child because of, because of the long term of that. Like, I'll sacrifice and I'll suffer well, but when it comes to a little person or my legacy or whatever that is, we have a hard time. So we, then we begin to attack the person. Right. So I got to know the issue. What's the issue? But also you got to know who the person is. You got to know their, her background, my background. It really helped us to uh, really clearly define expectations for one another. So if we have a second child, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be great. <laughs> we have a dog. And so that's why if you weren't here last week, we talked yeah. about how do I identify my needs? Yeah. Because this literally rolls into the conflict. You will be fighting over things because your needs aren't being met. Mm. But if you can't express what your needs are and understand that is difficult. Yep. So really defining the issue clearly is really knowing yourself and what it's all about. That's right. And, and so state your feelings yeah. um, directly. And this is where um, I want you to talk about the I right. statements that we were referencing last yeah. week. So this is a great one. This is the last well, per, per, or portion of how to have conflict well. It's yeah. state your feelings using I statements. Because a lot of times we yep. go into a conflict, it's you, you, you. Yeah. You did this. You need to work on this. You should have done this this. You, yeah. you, you. But when you take an I statement, you're expressing how you're feeling about the situation and what has happened. So in situation X, this happened. When you do Y, I feel Z. So some yeah. of y'all take your phones out, take a picture of that. It's so important. It's going to save you a lot of time. Mm -hmm. In situation X, when you do Y, I feel Z. Yeah. So this is what I wrote down. So try one. Try one yep. with me. Let me All right. Okay. Let's go. In front of everybody. In front of everybody. Here we go. How raw you want me? No, I'm just kidding. Last quiet. night, when you worked two hours past the time that you said we would have dinner, mm -hmm. I felt that I was not valued or important and that the time with me was not special. I would never do that. You told me to be real. Yes, yes. <laughs> But, but think about yeah. that. And so what, well, yeah. what, what's the alternative, though? The alternative is you're late for dinner, and I don't even want to talk to you. Yeah. Or like, see, see, think about it. The need is that I want to spend time with him. Mm -hmm. The need is I love, I grew up in a home where we had yep. conversations around the table. Like you didn't get to leave until everybody at the table finished their meal. Amen. And it was such a wonderful time of talking and hearing about yep. each other's days and all those things. So mm -hmm. I carried that on into my family. Yep. And so it's connection. I That's miss right. him. I want to get around the table. And so on those times where the project goes too long, right? Yep. Or the phone call or the meeting, it yep. makes me feel not as valuable. Because when you say yes yep. to one thing, you're saying no to another. Yep. And sometimes it hurts when you're saying no to me because maybe I feel that you don't miss me as much as I miss yep. you. 
Okay. And, and gentlemen, I encourage you, this is a great script to use. Right. And you might, I don't need no script. It's a great script yeah. to use. Uh, it'll help you to say, hey, uh, and if, when you, you know, in this situation X, right. uh, when you do this, I feel. Or the, uh, well, a lot of times the story, the I statement, we say the story I'm telling myself is. And, you know, when you do this, the story I'm telling myself is that you don't care. Or the story I'm telling myself is that you want me to. And, and as you begin to clearly communicate, it helps you to clearly right. define your emotions, right. uh, how you're feeling, as well as how to bring some resolution to right. that conflict. Because in that situation, what if he came home late and he's like, I'm so sorry, Miss Dinner. It's in the fridge. Heat yeah. it up yourself. And then I don't even talk to him. I go up to my room, get ready for bed, totally stonewall him, shut him off. Yeah. Then guess what? My need isn't even being met. Right. The need that I wanted to connect, I'm throwing that opportunity away because I can't do conflict well. So what would need to happen is I could sit down with him and say, hey, yeah. this is, yeah. when this happens, yeah. this is how I feel. So, and here's what we want to do is that this very last portion is, what's, 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 we need to talk about the causes of relational conflict. Right. Um, it is one thing for us to go, hey, uh, friends, stop doing it. You know, stop doing this and, and talk about behavioral modification. But there's a lot of times, here's the causes of those, of those red flags. It's power and control. Right. Um, it's pride. It's going my way or the highway. Uh, absolutely not. Um, as for me and my house, you know, um, things like that. But that pride. can even be rooted out of fear. So power and control 100%. can really be you're just afraid to do it any other way. It can be selfishness. Yeah. It, can be, it can be a moment uh, where you just go, what about me? After years and years and years of compromise, it could be uh, selfishness as 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 is you've you've never had a, a moment to right. serve someone else, you right. know, or you've never had a moment in your life to say right. it's not about me uh, anymore right. because I'm immature and now I'm as I get mature. Isn't that right. funny? As we're when we're immature, it's me, 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 me. As we grow into maturity, it's we. It becomes about we. Yeah. It takes and, us from me to we to right. others to, yeah, right. and so and that's, that's a hard transition to go from being single and the yeah. decisions that you make only affect yourself yeah. to being married. And now you don't just make decisions for yourself. Yeah. We make decisions together because they affect more than one person. That's right. So yeah. we yeah. pull the toothpaste from the, from the, from the bottom. No, I just bought you one and we, I got my own. <laughs> Problem solved. So, uh, criticism, <laughs> uh, lack of communication, uh, right. high expectations, yeah. resentment. These are all things that are underlining, that, that causes those explosions, that right. causes those like, like, like we're fighting over trash, you know, we're fighting right. over uh, preferences right now or what's going on here and we explode because of those relational conflicts. But I want you to look at every single one of these on the screen, every single red flag, and the causes of every single one of these is internal. Right. It's internal. There's things that happen to us uh, there's, there's, there's internal struggles that we have. In Ephesians chapter four, uh, Paul encourages the church in Ephesus to put off your old self, right. which belongs to your former manner of life. I want you to see that in our context today. And it's corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. You are doing, you're, you're taking off the false identity. You're taking off your false self and you're putting on your true self. And with my true self, I'm created in the likeness of God, in yeah. true righteousness and holiness. It is so different to have a conversation and say, what would Jesus say? Right. Right? What would Jesus do? Right? Like, like, brood of vipers, you know? Like, I, I, what would he say? You know? Oh, you have a little faith. I mean, that's about it in the Bible, you know? Like, what would Jesus say? Be of good cheer, you know? 
and be you're created in the likeness of God in true righteousness. And so what do we put on? How do I put on God? How do I put on Jesus? Like, like that's, maybe you're new to church, you're like, how do I put on Jesus? Like, what does that look like? Well, when we, when we come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, right, we believe that by faith, he comes into our heart, man, he washes us clean, but then the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of us. And so who's the Holy Spirit? What's the Holy Spirit? Make sure you watch our Holy Spirit series from a collection of talks uh, last year. But Galatians chapter five, verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. So put on love during those conflicts. Yeah. Put on love, put on joy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny <laughs> is I love that the fruit of the, I, think, I feel like we need to go on a cultural rampage with this because, man, we're trying to find joy in this and that and him and her and job circumstances. But how many know joy comes from the Holy Spirit? That's right. Joy comes from the Spirit of God, right. supernatural joy, uh, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Friends, you can have self-control in your arguments, yeah. in your, I don't know why I said arguments wrong, in your arguments, you can have self-control to, to pause and to listen to the other person. Yeah. You can have self-control not to punch a hole in the wall. Right. You can have self-control not to damage things around you. You have self-control because you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Woo, I hit a, something there for a minute. Because really the spirit, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is, is, is joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness. And that is a journey and that is me daily your pastor daily putting off yeah putting good. off anger and wrath and malice and envy putting those off and putting on those things in our life right. so let's go with the relational challenge as we wrap it up Here what we can we do this week investigate and address the four red flags. Yeah. So if you find yourself in a relationship, a friendship, a family, a marriage, whatever it may be, if you are using one of these things in your conflict, yeah. investigate it. Why do I do this? Why am I shutting down in stonewalling? Why am I getting defensive? Yeah. Why am I name calling and using contempt or criticism? Investigate it and then address the four red flags. That may be asking for forgiveness, talking about it, you have, you know, address it. Yeah. But then reframe a recent conflict with your spouse. Yeah. So if you're married or maybe in your friendship or even with a coworker that you feel you could do this with, wherever that close relationship is, if you had a recent conflict and it was not done right, invite that other party to come sit down with you. And let's reframe it. Yeah. How could we have done this differently? Maybe if it's with a child, maybe it's with your son or your daughter. Right. Sit down and say, hey, how could we do this differently? Mm -hmm. And reframe it so now you know better next time. And so, man, you say, you look at these things, right? How do I right. address the four red flags? How do we reframe your recent conflict? Right. I think uh, First Corinthians or Ephesians chapter four, if we have it in there as well. Ephesians chapter four. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger, and clamor, and slander. It says, let all, we uh, on here, 1040, yep, we're gonna go quick here. Put away from you all bitterness, and wrath, and malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as Christ forgave you. Yeah, that's good. And so do me a favor, we just bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm gonna pray over you today in just a moment. And, uh, and I feel a sense um, as we were even just worshiping, I feel a sense that there's some individuals in this room today that you are, you're harboring secret offense. Secret offense is someone hurt you, 
You have unforgiveness in your heart towards an individual. And maybe that individual doesn't know. But you got that secret offense in your heart that is slowly turning into anger, slowly turning into... Um, it's, it's, I was, maybe a better word would be it's like sucking the life out of you. And I think forgiveness is one of the hardest things to do. But it gets a little easier, not easier, but it gets a, it gets a little easier when we begin to realize that Jesus forgave me. Yeah. And even sharing with my son and my family and going, man, we got to forgive that person. It's hard. Deep down in my heart with my offense, I don't want to forgive that person. But if we don't forgive them, then we, we keep on that old self. We begin to harbor that anger and that bitterness. begins to slowly poison us. So if you're here today, every head out of eye closed. And it's just a moment, we're going to give a wonderful invitation to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, that's me, I'm having secret offense. I'm not asking you to leave here today, go tell that person. I'm asking you to forgive that person in your heart right now between you and the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to take this off. Help me to forgive. So I can put on love and joy and peace. My prayer is, as you begin to do that daily, it might happen for you in a second, in a moment, but it might be daily surrender to forgive that person, that individual, that organization. And my prayer is that one day you're going to wake up with joy again. You're going to laugh again. Nothing's changed. Nothing in your life has got better. But inside you changed. Jesus did a work in your life. I just want to pray with you today. If that's you, every about if I close, say, Pastor, that's me. Just raise a hand. I believe that's significant because you're taking your secrets and you're making it known. We're only as sick as our secrets. So I see a couple hands, a couple hands, a couple hands. So do me a favor. We, everyone stand with me, please. And I just want to pray over every single body, every single person in this room today. Man, we're having fun in this relational series. Well, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. And Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Give us that supernatural power that lives on the inside of us to forgive. And Father, I pray we forgive that individual, we forgive that person. And Father, I pray, even pray today, may we forgive ourselves. I, I, I just rebuke regret. I rebuke shame. Father, I rebuke the, I should have seen it, should have known. I rebuke those statements. And I thank you that today is a new day. That today we are new creations in Christ Jesus. So Father, I thank you that today we're going to put on love. We're going to put on joy. We're going to put on peace. We're going to put on long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. Father, we're going to put on gentleness and self-control. You know what we're putting on Jesus? We're putting on the Holy Spirit. So if you're here today, you say, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I don't know if Jesus is in my heart. Friends, let's, let's seal the deal today. 
Yes, we got connect one day and opportunities to serve and grow and root in small groups, things like that. And may I encourage you to get in there. But maybe you're here today and you say, I need, to, I need Jesus to live in my heart. I need the Holy Spirit to live inside of me. I just want everyone to say this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, Jesus. say thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. I repent of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Say the best way I know how. I'm going to live for you. Because I now know who I am. I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody. We give a hand clap for that. Proud of your church. We love you.